Are you ready to take full control of your physical, emotional, and spiritual health? Are you ready to experience great success in your life? Health Talk with Dr. Diane M.D. will teach you the tools and strategies to help you take control of your health and inspire you to live your best life. Now here is your host, Dr. Diane A. Thompson, M.D. Welcome to Health Talk with Dr. Diane M.D. As you know, this is the show that's designed to help you attain a healthier lifestyle. I am your host, Diane A. Thompson, M.D., and as always, it is my pleasure spending 30 minutes with you on a Sunday evening with the goal that perhaps one piece of information shared here today could take your life to a higher level. For uh, tonight's show, I'll remind you that the call-in number is 626-414-3417. I do know that some of you call in just to listen, and you may also call in if you have a question or a comment. Tonight, we're going to be addressing your financial health. And boy, I'm excited about our guest. You know, with the economy still on the down, some of us struggle day by day, while others seem to thrive. We may even wonder to ourselves, why am I not rich? What is it that the wealthy person knows that I don't? What are their success secrets? Well, my next guest will help us with the answers to these questions. Best-selling author and wealth expert, Dr. Dennis Kimbrough, is universally characterized as an authority on leadership, wealth, and success. He is one of today's top business speakers and an expert in peak performance, as well as the author of five books. His latest book, The Wealth Choice, Success Secrets of Black Millionaires, comes from seven years of research. Dr. Kimbrough, it is such an honor to have you on the show. Welcome. I'm glad to be here. Dr. Diane, you could have selected anybody. You got me. God bless. Thanks for having me. I know my listeners are very excited. When I, I told them earlier this week that you were going to be on, they were just so, so excited because we know that you are a wealth of knowledge. And one of my first introduction to your work was Think and Grow Rich, a Black Choice. I read it many years ago, and I remember it impacted me in such a way that I got a couple of copies and sent them off to a couple of people. And as I mentioned to you, I was up until 3 a.m. reading this latest book because I had eyeliner in one hand and a pen nearby. <laughs> it was just such an amazing book with so many nuggets, so much really important information that we need. So I just couldn't put it down. So I'm just going to get straight to the questions because we have a little bit of time and a lot of great information. Now, you said that uh, it took about seven years of research and writing that went into this book. And I wonder, with all the financial books already out there, why did you think this work was important for you to undertake? Well, simply because it's focused at an uh, underrepresented, underserved market. And, uh, you know, I imagine that your listeners span every type of uh, ethnic group and uh, gender, male, female, out there. But when it comes particularly for African Americans, money management, financial uh, ad advancement, uh, economic empowerment is the final rung on the ladder to civil rights. Dr. Diane, go back to 1955 when Martin Luther King led the Montgomery bus boycott. There were only five black millionaires in the United States. And you mentioned Think and Grow Rich a Black Choice. I was privy and fortunate enough to interview three of the five, and I shared their story in Think and Grow Rich a Black Choice. Now you fast forward the videotape. 
2013, and you've got uh, 35,000 black millionaires in the United States. You, some people might think that's a lot, but really when you do the calculus, we're talking one-tenth of one percent. The bottom line is that this is the final rung on the ladder to civil rights. I had a great uh, interview with uh, Ambassador Andy Young, and he told me, he said, uh, you know, 40 years ago, he and Dr. Martin Luther King, they, you know, he said, we integrated the lunch counter but we failed to integrate the dollar. And my retort is, well, how do you integrate the dollar? He says, you've got to be on with the skills and the mindset to compete and carry on and effectively in a capitalistic economy. And you and I both know that capitalism is not a dirty word. Capitalism means everything is for sale. We don't live in a society that is divided between rich versus poor or black versus white or liberal, conservative, Republican, Democrat. But we do live in a society that is divided between dreamer versus non-dreamer. And people get in trouble in life, not because they wanted too much, because they settled for too little. Wow. Wow. That is uh, very interesting. Now, if you were to put your finger on the one thing, uh, when people say, why am I not rich? What is the one thing that... Uh, seems to be the problem of people who are not able to become wealthy. Well, I mean, uh, not to oversimplify it, but you look at the title of the book, A Wealth Choice. It's, it's based off a choice. They never make a decision. They never decide to. I mean, a after seven years of research, Dr. D., I can un unequivocally tell you that wealth is not a function of race. It's not a function of gender. It's not a function of who your parents are, which side of the tracks you were born and raised on. It's not a function of condition, and it's certainly not a function of circumstance. But it is a function of choice, and it is a function of discipline, and it is a function of effort, faith, and belief. And the bottom line, we're bombarded with 50 million different choices living in a free and open society. And 99.9% .9 of those choices, we don't have to make. We can blow them off. We can turn our back on them. But there are two choices that you and I both make as soon as we wake up in the morning and look in that mirror. Number one, you can accept the circumstances as they are. Or number two, you can take the responsibility to change them. And what I found over and over again through the focus groups, I held six focus groups across the country. I had one in North Carolina with a, a bunch of automobile dealers. I had three in the Atlanta area. I had a huge one in Washington, D.C., Dr. Diane. There were no less than 100 black millionaires in that room in Washington, D.C. And two of them were very prominent right there in New York. I mean, one was Bob Johnson, founder of BET before he sold it to Viacom and owner of the Charlotte Bobcats uh, basketball team. And the other one was Carla Harris, most powerful, economically powerful black woman on Wall Street. I had uh, one in Nebraska and a small one out in North Carolina. So the bottom line is choice. You know, as Steve Harvey told me when I got a chance to interview him, either you make life, either you make choices regarding your life or life will make them for you. Wow, this is, it's powerful to know that we have the choice to make and, and that, in fact, we really have no excuse because we can change things. Now, oh, yeah, I mean, you, you, yeah, and, and, and you mentioned excuse. You see, the wealthy, you know, the financial elite millionaires, they make money while everybody else makes excuses. I mean, the mm. poor keep score by cars and clothes. The middle class, they keep score by degrees and titles. But the wealthy, they keep score by their bank account. And all these men and women are self-made. You know, I share the data from the, from the survey. I, I used a full-blown survey, Dr. Diane. I asked these millionaires 118 questions. And, you know, it you know, runs the gamut. 
from their age and, and their sex all the way to their success factors. And the bottom line is they come from households of ten to $20,000, born on the Northeast and born in the Southeast. Well, the average household income right now of black America is $30,000 a year. So these men and women were self-made. They could have easily turned their back and said, I can't do this, I can't do that, I can't chase my dreams, you know, I can't find, you know, the, the necessary capital. And that's what this book is about. You know, they, what gets me is that, you know, you look at Amazon and you look at Barnes & Noble and they take this book and they put it in the finance section. They see the words success and they see the word millionaires. And as I told my publisher, yeah, okay, I'm honored it's, it's, a, it's a finance book, but it's much more than a finance book. This book is not about cash. This book is about courage. You see, Dr. Diane, it takes courage to chase your dream. It takes courage to forsake today for tomorrow. It takes courage to begin a savings plan, save 10, 15% of your earnings. And it certainly takes courage to find a new set of friends because your current associates, your current friends don't empower you. As a matter of fact, they're toxic and they drag you down. So this book is about courage and about believing in yourself when no one else will. Somebody better get excited about your life and you better pray it's you. Wow. That is amazing. So I was going to ask you what did you think was the single most common trait that, in other words, the thing they all had. Do you think is courage? Do you think is hard work? What is it that they all seem to have? Well, that I you mean, say, there, well, yeah, there, yeah, there are a couple. I mean, one question, one, one question of the 118 that I asked, I asked, at what age were you? when you broke the six-figure barrier? In other words, at what age were you when you earned $100,000 a year or more? And 99.9% .9 of the time, it came back by age 30. Now, you can use that as a reference point in your life if, if you read the book. Anybody can. What are they saying? Be very careful what you're doing at age 30 because if you don't like what you're doing at age 30, you could be doing it for the rest of your life. But they use that as a springboard. So they began to earn six figures at age 30. The average black millionaire, did, you know, they earn six figures at age 30, but they don't believe in the dream that they could be part of the financial elite, that they could be a millionaire until their early 40s, and they don't become a millionaire until their early to mid-50s. Well, Diane, what happens during that 10-year refining period? A lot happens. That's when they really take on the persona that, hey, I can be, have, or do whatever I want. That 10-year period is the road to Damascus. That 10-year period is their Saul to Paul conversion. That 10-year period is their Jonah in the belly of the whale. You've got to become somebody before you can be somebody. So if you're looking for the single most common trait, Dr. D, they're action-oriented. These men and women show up. And, and you know what? It, it doesn't take much, Dr. D. All you've got to do is show. You show up, you beat 80% of the competition. You show up on time, you beat 85% of the competition. You show up on time with a plan, you beat 90% of the competition. You show up on time with a plan and a commitment to carry it out, you beat 95% of the competition. But Dr. Diane, and to your listeners out there, throughout the Internet highway, you show up on time with a plan, with a commitment to carry it out and then execute it, you make the cover of Black Enterprise Magazine, and that's what these men and women did. Now, just to piggyback on, on what you just said, if someone in the chat room wanted to know if age matter, you know, someone who's listening in who is probably in their 50s right now, 
who may not feel they have the luxury of that 10-year refining period, is there anything that could springboard them a little bit more quickly? Yeah, yeah. All they got to do is just read the profile of Sylvia Woods. You probably ate dinner or lunch in one of her restaurants. I mean, here's mm-hmm. a black woman who was damn near born in poverty in South Carolina. You know, her her parents and grandparents were sharecroppers. They had a farm. When she came to New York, she didn't even know how to make coffee. She couldn't even boil rice. But you know what? She worked in a restaurant, and when the owner of the restaurant decided to sell, he asked, would you like to buy it? The family sells the farm, give her money, and then over a, a, that refining period, you know, she makes a name for herself and a brand. I mean, all you got to do is look at uh, Bishop T.D. Jakes. I had a great interview with him. They damn near ran him out of Charleston, West Virginia. He left Charleston, West Virginia with only eight members. They told this man he would never make it in the ministry. Why? Because not only does he have a heavy lisp, and if you listen closely, as I did during the interview, you could still hear the lisp. He still has number, it somewhat, yeah. He still, he still has it. And number two, he never finished high school. He went back to get his GED. So there I am in his book line study, and all of a sudden he comes out, and I brought it up. I said, hey, listen, the odd, you know, the, your, your detractor said you weren't going to make it in the ministry. And now you look at him. He's got a 191,000 square foot facility. $45 million, 30,000-member church. And he said to me, my critics weren't altogether wrong. The lisp is still there. But I don't care if I had to spit. I don't care if I had to stutter. I don't care if I had to stammer. I had something to say, and I was going to say it. Well, I said, Bishop, this is your opportunity to say it. I'm writing this book. He said, you know, give a man a fish, you feed him for a day. Teach him how to fish, and you feed him for a lifetime. But show him how he can buy the pond and no one in his family will know struggle. So I can point out all the roadblocks. I can point out all the obstacles. And one of the common traits that these men and women had, they saw with their mind's eye. They had an overbearing and insatiable faith. And as you know, Dr. D, faith is a verb. So I'm telling you, listeners, see with your mind's eye, because plenty of times your physical eye will lie to you. Dr. Diane A. Thompson is an author a dynamic speaker, and a workshop leader. If you would like to hire her to speak at your event, please visit www.drdianethompson.com. Also, sign up for updates and for her free ebook on stress at www.drdianethompson.com. That's www.drdianethompson.com. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Health Talk with Dr. Diane M.D., and our guest today is best-selling author and wealth expert, Dr. Dennis Kimbrough. We are discussing the findings from his seven years of research that went into his latest book, The Wealth Choice, Success Secrets of Black Millionaires. Dr. Kimbrough, is it okay if I take a call? Please do. I'm going to unmute the microphone of the caller calling from D.C. Caller, are you there? Yes, I am. Welcome thank you for to the show. Me. Thank you. I'm a regular listener, and I find your show to be very informative. Oh, uh, thank Dr. you so Kim- much for listening. Certainly. Uh, Dr. Kimball, I have a question in regards to, did you find a correlation between your interviewees' wealth in a certain business sector or many business sectors? Well, I profile in um, the sixth chapter um, the road not taken. I list all the businesses that, from my research, and again, I tried to make my research 
statistically significant. In other words, it had to be reliable and had to be valid. I had to have a certain percentage, and so I think I did that. Again, there are only 35,000 black millionaires out there, and between my survey, the focus groups, and the one-on-one interviews, I know that over a seven-year period, I rubbed shoulders with at least 1,000 black millionaires. But to answer your question, yeah, there are certain business and industries. Number one, car dealerships. Number two, franchises. Number three, hotel motels. But the list ran the gamut. I even you know, surveyed a, a black millionaire who made his money in vending machines. And people might think, well, that's picayune, that's a slight, that's a small, what are the market cap, what's the evaluation of vending machines. But if you've got vending machines at one of the largest airports in the nation, then you can certainly make a killing. So it's, I wouldn't concentrate so much on the industry, and it runs healthcare, it runs real estate, like I said, car dealerships. I would be more concerned to ask you, what is your area of excellence? What is it that you want to do? What is the music that's in your heart? And Dr. Diane, I'm telling all your listeners right now, no one within the sound of my voice and your voice chose to be here. But Dr. D, we were chosen. And what do I mean that we were chosen? You know, the only reason why we're created because we have a purpose. So when are you going to share your purpose? And it's so apropos that today's Easter Sunday, all you got to do is go back and read the parable of the talents. What happened to the individual who didn't use his or her talent? It was taken away from him and given to somebody else. In other words, your Lord and Savior only wants to be around winners. Here is the talent that you have. When are you going to share it? That might be your best chance for creating wealth. Find your area of excellence. And I talk about this in the fifth law. You know, I found out that these men and women, they focus on the unique gifts, and they ask themselves three critical questions. Question number one, what is it I love to do? What do I have a passion for? What can I throw my whole heart and soul into? Question number two, what would I do for free? Now, some people say, well, these folks are millionaires, so you know they got it in for the money. But the money alone didn't drive them. Because there's going to be times when money alone will not drive you to hit your goals. Somebody might tell you it's impossible. Somebody might tell you you can't do it. Somebody might tell you you don't have the contacts, you don't have the intuitive, you don't have the knowledge. But if you've got the love and you've got the passion for it, that will overcome it all. And then last but not least, you know, if you can't answer the first two questions, Go to those people who you respect and admire, someone who knows you real well, and ask them, what do you see me as? What do you think I would be good at doing? That's all a part of finding your area of excellence. Now, why is it key that you find your area of excellence? Because when you are the best at what you do, you never have to worry about income, and you never have to worry about employment. The marketplace will seek you out. Ah, oh, great answer. Caller, did you have any further questions, or is that did that answer your question? No, I think Dr. Kimball covered it very well. Yeah. Thank you, Dr. Thank Kimball. you so much for Please. listening. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Dr. Kimbrough, you, you actually touched on this a little bit, because um, in uh, one of the disciplines you talk about, you actually admonish us never to do anything for the sake of money. And uh, for someone reading this, you know, it, it really is not a contradiction based on what you just said, because people are trying to attain wealth, and yet you're saying never do it just for the sake of money. So you think passion exactly is really important. Because, yeah. In the survey, I asked these millionaires, what does money mean to you? And it came back freedom and security and the ability to affect change. It didn't come back, oh, I can spend it, I can buy any car that I want now, I can buy any house, I can go shopping, you know, on a spin shopping. It doesn't mean that. They're not into that. 
I mean, I, I give you the data, the profile of the affluent African-American. I mean, look at the house. They're, they're housed less than $300,000. They save 10 to 15% of their earnings. Yeah, they own four cars, but they're not newer models. They might have a Mercedes. They might have a Lexus, but they got two domestic. I mean, they got, you know, between two and three kids. They've been married 15 to 20 years. So these folks really see themselves as middle class more than they see themselves affluent. And when you really look at the data, some of the stuff that I didn't profile, because, again, I asked them 118 questions, more than 25% of them use coupons when they go shopping. I mean, third, listen, one-third of black millionaires never finance and never use credit. That's why when you look at the credit card debt, it's $2,500 or less. But the bottom line is they are about freedom. Now, you ask me, why is this book important? Again, speaking to your, your listeners of color, African-American, because now, I mean, we can, go, we can travel wherever we want to travel. We can eat wherever we want to eat. We can live wherever we want to live, and we can send our children to the best schools money can buy. That's the good news. The bad news is we can't afford to do it because we never pursued the final rung on the ladder to civil rights. If Martin Luther King would have lived one to five years longer, that's what the discussion is about. That was his entire talk in Memphis. I've been to the mountaintop. I've seen that. Well, black America, when are you going to create wealth? And black America, this is your second chance. Dr. Kimbrough, what in the world are you talking about? I am saying in 1899, your most prolific scholar, W.E.B. Du Bois, in 1899, wrote a book called The Negro in Business. And in that book, what he was doing, he was profiling, interviewing, and surveying successful black business owners so he could identify the, the traits, the competencies, and the attributes so it can be replicated. And what did black America do? They didn't even open the book. They took the book and put it on the shelf. And the bottom line, Dr. Diane, we're a nation of consumers. We are a nation of consumers instead of wealth creators. But now you've got a second chance, and it's open. Here are the keys to the kingdom, and what we've got to do, we've got to unlock the door. You started to touch on something that, uh, that I find really interesting. When we start to contrast and compare the have and have nots, you know, one of the things you mentioned, I've often seen it myself, uh, people with very little money, they'll drive the best cars. I mean, I actually know a few. They struggle to pay bills, but they're driving the latest Beamer or they have the designer outfit and the $1,000 shoes and pocketbooks. You found that the, the haves don't behave this way. Oh, no. I mean, I'm, I tell my listeners and, and readers and followers, if you could only read one chapter in this book, make sure you read the second chapter on the calculus of compensation, because in that, that is solely fixed upon the focus groups that I had when I got an opportunity to examine and see up close the mindset of our wealth creators. And I list nine variables, Dr. Diane, and I tell you how the have not views it and how the have views it. Now, we don't have time to go in all nine, but let's just take a couple. If it's education, if the variable is education, the have not, K through 12. In other words, I'm going to go kindergarten through 12th grade. Don't ask me to go any further. And you can see that with the data right now. I mean, only 50% of our kids finish high school. 
Dr. Diane, if you go to any inner city from New York, you're up there in New York, go from New York to L.A., go clear across the country and go into the black community and find me the largest black senior high schools. And I challenge you, and I challenge you listeners to do that. When you go in there and go to senior high schools, go into the administrative office and ask how many ninth graders you had, and then ask them how many seniors do you have, how many are going to graduate, and it's 50%. How in God's name are we going to compete with only 50% of our kids finish high school? And Dr. Diane, no one says a thing. I mean, we I just agree. dismiss it. We just yeah. dismiss it. So if, like I said, K through 12, that's what we're going to be. But the black millionaire, lifelong learning. And I saw that. The average black millionaire almost reads a book a week, three books a month. Three books a month where no one else is reading. The average you also African- commented on the, the TV viewing habits also. Oh, my God. I mean, mm-hmm. the, you, speaking of the television, the average African-American watched 76 hours of TV a week. I couldn't there's believe that. There's only 168 hours. Of, half their waking life is in front of the TV. Mm-hmm. And we're the average black millionaire? Four hours a night, 28 hours a week. Well, what are they doing? I mean, they're taking the information, they're networking, they're reading books, they're going to seminars. So many times during the course of the interviews that I had, you know, they interviewed me. I mean, when I got a chance to interview Dave Stewart, who is one of our five black billionaires, I mean, he just went, Anna, oh man, Dr. K, I'm so glad that we meet. We talked a long time ago. I'm, I'm glad that we finally connected because I need to get some of your books. And I said, Dave, you have all of my books. I know I need to get some more of them because I give them out. And I said, okay, tell me what you're telling your kids at school. What are you telling the MBA students and this, that, and everything? I need to know. They were just hungry for knowledge. So that's, you know, have versus having that when you, look at, when you look at knowledge. When you look at money, if the independent variable is money, the have not, spend it, consume it. The have, save it, invest it. You know, if the independent variable is spirituality, religion, the have not, to praise him. The have, not only to praise him, but to practice. I mean, that the bottom surprised line, me. That surprised me because I've always thought that with more education and more money that people probably moved away from spirituality, but your research actually showed that's not the case. No, people move away from religion, not mm-hmm. spirituality. Big difference. Mm-hmm. Huge difference. I mean, these billionaires know, and I'm going to tell your listeners, I mean, like I said, faith is a verb. You know, weren't we instructed in the Old Testament, let the weak say that I'm strong? I mean, what is the bottom line? Dr. Diane, if you knew who walks beside you every day on this journey called life, you would never doubt or fear again. And these black millionaires proved it. They'll read Philippians 4.13. The average individual reads Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But the millionaire will read Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, and say, well, if this is true, what are we doing sitting here? Let's go chase our dream. Let's go find out how high is high. Huge difference. Now, I, um, we're coming to the end of the half hour. Look how quickly it went by because of all the wonderful information. And one of the things that I like to leave my listeners with is a tip of the week, something that could, they could implement right away to take them in the direction they want to go. So what would you say is the single most important thing they could start to develop right now to take them towards the goal of becoming wealthy? 
Booker T. Washington said years ago, and it hasn't changed, Dr. D. Start where you are with what you have, knowing that what you have is plenty enough. It's like the story of the 50-year-old man who uh, committed a a bad crime, and he stands before the judge, and the judge sentences him to 50 years. And his reply to the judge is, I'm 50 years old. I can't do 50 years. And what is the judge's reply? Well, do the best that you can. We laugh at that little ditty, but the bottom line, if you can incorporate these seven laws of wealth into your life, do the best that you can. If you're not in a position to save 10% of your earnings, do the best that you can, begin to retire debt. If you're not in a position to take online courses or go to seminars, do the best that you can. Go get this book. I want you to read the book. I want you to implement the seven laws. I want you to pull out your cell phone. I want you to tweet. I want you to text. I want you to email your three closest friends and ask, have you read The Wealth Choice? If not, why not? Now, why is that critically important? As I close down, because if you live the normal life, and the normal life is 76, 78 years on earth when you factor in men and women, you only get 29, 30,000 days. That's all you get. Time is not running out, but your life is. Make the most of it. That is wonderful advice. Uh, how may our listeners get a hold of this book and get a hold of you? They can uh, go to Amazon, and they can go to Barnes & Noble. They can go to any bookstore, and they can get it. It's the Wealth Choice, Success Secrets of Black Millionaires. They can hit me up on Facebook, hit me up on Twitter, or you can go to www.denniskimbrough.com. Do you have any book signings or any talks coming up anytime soon? Uh, I have them all over. I don't know when I will be back to New York. Um, I love to come back to New York. Maybe you and I can work something out where I can come back and uh, speak a little bit longer. That was the fastest 30 minutes in my life. Because because the information is so great and so wonderful. So, you know, it goes by really quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I will definitely be in touch with you. I think this kind of information, we definitely want to get to the community. So I will be in touch with you about that. And my listeners come from all over, so they can definitely go to your website and see if you're going to be anywhere else. Is that correct? That is correct. Yeah, well, it was just such a, an honor and pleasure having you on the show to share your information, share your insight. And, and seven years of research, I mean, people really should go out and get this book. As I said, I was up until 3 a.m. <laughs> mm-hmm. taking notes because the, the information is that good. So I really recommend that people go and get this book and, and share it with someone else. Pick it up as a gift and give it to someone else uh, so they can learn this information and apply these principles. Uh, Dr. Kimbrough, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me, Dr. Diane. God bless, and he is risen. Take care, child. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I am so grateful uh, that uh, Dr. Dennis Kimbrough uh, was on the show. As you can see, uh, so much wonderful information, and the book really has a lot of quality information, so I do recommend that you go out and get that book. I will leave you with some uh, sage advice from the book. And he said, uh, do what you love and the money will follow. That's one of the advice they gave us in medical school also. And most people who follow that advice tend to be happy. 
You've been listening to Health Talk with Dr. Diane M.D. Please join us every other Sunday on Blog Talk Radio at blogtalkradio.com slash Dr. Diane Thompson at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you have missed any part of this broadcast, would like to listen to past shows, or would like our free ebook on stress, please visit www.drdianethompson.com and like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Dr. Diane A. Thompson. Remember, your health is your wealth. So do something healthy today.